Orange Curtain, a look at 80s music from Orange County, California. Music that came from here and music that came to here. Join me, your host, Doug Crandall, every Thursday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Welcome to another evening of Behind the Orange Curtain. Behind the Orange Curtain explores music that came from here to influence the rest of the world, and music that made it here from around the world to influence those of us who lived in Orange County during the 1980s. Tonight's episode will be the first part of hopefully a two-part series, we'll see how it goes, focused on the second British invasion. The reason that we will take multiple episodes is that there was such a large number of bands during the second invasion that even in two episodes, I'll be hard-pressed to complete this era or do it any justice. The second British invasion consisted of music acts from the United Kingdom that became popular in the United States during the early to mid-1980s, primarily due to the cable music channel MTV. The term derives from a similar British invasion of the U.S. in the 1960s. These acts primarily brought with them synth-pop and new wave styles of music to the American charts and according to Rolling Stone, brought revolution in sound and style. During the late 1980s, glam metal and dance music replaced second invasion acts atop the U.S. charts. In 2011, The Guardian named the second British invasion among the 50 key events in the history of pop music. Although the exact dates are arguable, I choose to believe that the fuse was lit before MTV and that MTV was the powder keg that blew the movement wide open. For the sake of this show, I will say that the second British invasion spans from 1981 to the end of 1984. Tonight's episode will start by laying the foundation with seven artists that set the table for the second British invasion, and then we'll look at 1981 and into 1982. I won't be able to play everything, and I won't always play the hit song from the bands, but songs that influenced me. It's time to pull back the curtain and look at our first artist of the evening, Declan Patrick McManus, known professionally as Elvis Costello was a songwriter that has won multiple awards in his career, including Grammy Awards in 1999 and 2020, and has twice been nominated for the Brit Awards for Best British Male Artist in 2003. He was also inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 2004, Rolling Stone ranked Costello number 80 on its list of the 100 greatest artists of all time. Costello began his career as part of London's pub rock scene in the early 1970s and later became associated with the first wave of British punk and the new wave movement that emerged in the mid to late 70s. In 1983, he would release Punch the Clock and would have his hit single, Every Day I Write the Book, featuring lookalikes of Prince Charles and Lady Diana. Tonight, here's one of my favorites from the album My Aim is True. Here is Mystery Dance. Romeo was restless, he was ready to kill He jumped out the window cause he couldn't see it still Julia was waiting with a safety net Said, don't bury me cause I'm not dead yet 
Why don't you tell me about the mystery dance? I wanna know about the mystery dance. Why don't you show me? Cause I tried and I tried and I still just a fight. I can't do it anymore and I'm not satisfied. Well, I remember when the lights went out and I was trying to make it look like it was never in doubt. She thought that I knew and I thought that she knew. So both of us were willing, but we didn't know how to do it. Why don't you tell me about the mystery dance? I wanna know about the mystery dance. Why don't you show me? Cause I tried and I tried and I'm still just a fight. I can't do it anymore and I'm not satisfied. My left foot from my right You can see those pictures in any magazine But what's the use of looking when you don't know what they mean? Why don't you tell me about the mystery dance? I wanna know about the mystery dance Why don't you show me? Cause I tried and I tried and I'm still just a fight I can't do it anymore and I'm not satisfied I can't do it anymore and I'm not satisfied I can't do it anymore and I'm not satisfied I can't do it anymore and I'm not satisfied The next act is an English-American rock band formed in March of 1978. The original band consisted of founder and main songwriter Chrissy Hine, James Honeyman Scott, Pete Farndon, and Martin Chambers. Hine, originally from Akron, Ohio, moved to London in 1973, working at a weekly music paper and a clothing store. She was involved with early versions of The Clash and The Damned and played with short-lived bands such as Masters of the Backside and The Moors Murderers. This song hit number two on K-Rock's top song countdown of 1980. Here is The Wait.
is needed for our next act. In late November 1976, while on tour in Newcastle, in Northeast England, with the British progressive rock band Curved Air, the band's American drummer Stuart Copeland met and exchanged phone numbers with an ambitious singer-slash-bass player, a former school teacher called Sting. He was so named because of his habit of wearing a black and yellow striped sweater mirroring a wasp who at the time was playing in a jazz-rock fusion band called Last Exit. On January 12, 1977, Sting relocated to London and on the day of his arrival sought out Copeland for a jam session. Miles Copeland, Stewart's older brother, heard Roxanne for the first time at the end of one of their sessions, where he had been less enthusiastic about the band's other songs, The elder brother, Copeland, was immediately struck by this track and quickly got the police to record a deal with A&M Records. Here is Roxanne by the police. Days are over. You don't have to say your body 
keep in mind that the previously played artists and the next four that I'll be playing were bands that helped pave the way. In 1978, a record producer heard Joe Jackson's demo tape and signed him to A&M Records. The next year, the newly formed Joe Jackson Band released their debut album, Look Sharp, probably one of the most influential albums for myself. The album enjoyed wide critical success. In 2013, Rolling Stone magazine named Look Sharp number 98 in the list of the best 100 debut albums of all time. Some commercial success also followed as the debut single, Is She Really Going Out With Him, reached the top 40 in five countries and number nine in Canada. My favorite song off the album is One More Time. Let's give it a listen.
Andy Partridge and Colin Molding grew up on Penhill Council Estates in Swindon. Partridge jokingly characterized the community as being populated almost entirely by people with physical, mental, and emotional defects. The band XTC released an album called Black Sea in September of 1980. It was well-received critically. Singles, such as Generals and Majors, hit UK charts and actually reached number 32. And it was number 62 on K-Rock's Best Songs of 1980. Here's that single for you now, Generals and Majors.
Initially associated with the punk scene, Susie and the Banshees rapidly evolved to create a form of post-punk discord full of daring rhythmic and sonic experimentation. Their debut album, The Scream, was released in 1978 to widespread critical acclaim. In 1980, they changed their musical direction and became almost a different band with Kaleidoscope, which peaked at number five on the UK album chart. Here is Christine from the album Kaleidoscope. rock band that came to prominence in the United Kingdom during the new wave period of the late 1970s and continued recording into the 80s, 90s, and 2010s. The vast majority of their material is composed of lyrics by Chris Difford and music by Glenn Tilbrook, who are the guitarists and the vocalists of the band. In 1980, the band released their third album. It was also a UK hit. 
It was additionally a mild breakthrough in North America, as the single Pulling Muscles from a Shell received airplay on U.S. rock radio stations. Also hitting K-Rock's 106.7 Best Songs of 1980, at the position of 102, here is Pulling Muscles from a Shell.
a few seconds away from switching to the redundant sense sequencer. T-minus 27 seconds. We have gone for redundant set sequencer start. T-minus 20 seconds and counting. T-minus 15, 14, 13. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, or we've gone for main engine start. We have main engine start. Ladies and gentlemen, rock and roll. did not exist for most hits by American acts, and those that did were usually composed of footage from concert performances. Now music videos, having been a staple of British music television programs, existed a half a decade before the break of MTV. When the cable music channel MTV launched on August 1st, 1981, it had little choice but to play a large number of music videos from British New Wave acts. The Buggles, Video Killed the Radio Star, was the first music video shown on MTV to the U.S. and to the surprise of the music industry, when MTV became available in a local market, record sales by acts played solely on the channel increased immediately and listeners phoned radio stations requesting to hear them. Also in 1981... Los Angeles radio station KROQ-FM began the Rock of the 80s format, which would make it the most popular station in that city. With British artists featuring heavily on the station, Rick Carroll of K-Rock states, there wasn't an American product worthy of being played every three hours, so we had to look and listen to British imports to fill the void. I can remember a very specific memory of flying out to visit my aunt and uncle in Texas when my parents were going through a divorce. My aunt and uncle had cable TV, which we did not have, and I remember watching, by luck, the MTV launch. I was glued to the TV during my whole visit as I took in this new world of music videos, and one that I remember led me to attend my first concert. So what was my first concert? My first concert was the Jay Giles Band. This was the angel in the centerfold era, as I like to call it, because that's the only thing you'd hear on some radio stations in Southern California. But I went specifically not to see them. I went to watch the opener, which happened to be U2. In 1976, Larry Mullen Jr., then a 14-year-old student in Dublin, Ireland, posted a note on a school's notice board in search of musicians for a new band. Six people responded and met at his house on September 25th. They set up in the kitchen. Mullen was on the drums with Paul Hewson or Bono on lead vocals, Dave Evans, The Edge, and his older brother, Dick Evans, on guitar, Adam Clayton on bass guitar. Mullen said it was the Larry Mullen band for about 10 minutes. Then Bono walked in and blew any chance I had of being in charge. Here's a fun fact. 
The next song I'm going to play is the only song that U2 has performed on every tour since they released their first album. And it was U2's first music video. Here is I Will Follow. to Adam and the Ants, Adam Ant, born Stuart Leslie Goddard, played bass in a punk rock pub group called Bazooka Joe, now primarily known as the band that headlined for the Sex Pistols when they played their first concert 
on November 6th in 1975. After witnessing the Sex Pistols, Adam quit the band with the intention of forming his own. In 1981, in November, Adam and the Ants released Prince Charming. The band had two United Kingdom number one singles. Stand and Deliver was a number one single in the UK for five weeks, followed by Prince Charming, which topped the UK charts for four weeks in September. Here is Stand and Deliver by Adam and the Ants. Maneuvers in the Dark, or better known as OMD. They're an electronic band formed in Maryside in 1978. OMD began to gig regularly as a duo, performing backing tracks played from a TIAC four-track tape recorder christened 
as Winston. The name Winston came from the anti-hero of George Orwell's novel, 1984. Finding themselves on the cusp of an electronic new wave in British pop music, they released a one-off single, Electricity, with independent label Factory Records in 1979. They were also, that year, asked to support Gary Newman on his first major British tour. Newman would later support OMD on their 1993 arena tour. What comes around goes around. Here's Electricity by OMD.
Formed in Birmingham in 1978, the band was one of the most successful acts of the 1980s. We're talking about Duran Duran. They achieved 14 singles in the top 10 of the UK singles chart and 21 in the US Billboard Hot 100. They've sold over 100 million records worldwide. The band's first album, Duran Duran, was released on the EMI label in 1981. The first single, Planet Earth, reached the kingdom's top 20 at number 12. A follow-up, Careless Memories, stalled at number 37. However, it was their third single, Girls on Film, that attracted the most attention. The song went to number 5 in the UK. But let's go back to Planet Earth by Duran Duran.
Bow Wow Wow were a new wave band created by manager Malcolm McLaren in 1980. McLaren recruited members from Adam of the Ants to form the band behind the 13-year-old Annabelle Lewin on vocals. In May of 1982, RCA Records released the four-track, The Last of the Mohicans, produced by Kenny Laguna and containing the biggest hit single, I Want Candy. The remake of the 1965 hit by The Strange Loves was featured in an early music video on MTV to capitalize on the newfound American audience. Now, I myself have played in my share of bands, none of them with the critical acclaim of any that I'm talking about. But one of the projects I was involved with was a band called the Bare Naked 80s. It was an 80s acoustic project where I had the pleasure to meet Annabella, who as a young teenager I was infatuated with. It was a pleasure getting to spend some time with her and getting to know her. Here's Annabelle Lewin and Bow Wow Wow and I Want Candy. there was an English New Romantic band that was formed in London in 1979, inspired by the capital's post-punk underground dance scene. They became one of the most successful groups 
of the new romantic era of British pop and were part of the second British invasion. They sold over 25 million albums and having 23 hit singles worldwide. The band have had eight UK top 10 albums, including three greatest hits compilations and an album of re-recorded material. Their musical influence ranged from punk rock and soul music to the American crooners Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett. Here's one of my personal favorite songs by Spandau Ballet, Long Story Short. Generation X was a band with the frontman, William Michael 
Albert Broad, or, as we know him, Billy Idol. The band achieved success in the United Kingdom and released three albums on Chrysalis Records, then disbanded in 1981. Idol moved to New York to pursue his solo career in collaboration with guitarist Steve Stevens. His debut studio album, Billy Idol, in 1982, was a commercial success. With music videos for singles, Dancing With Myself and White Wedding, Idol soon became a staple of the then newly established MTV. Here is originally a Gen X song and later a remix single as Billy Idol, Dancing With Myself. Oh, 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 oh,
Cause it'll give me time to think If I had the chance I'd ask a one to dance And I'll be dancing with myself Formed in Crawley, West Sussex in 1978, the band The Cure have changed members several times, with guitarist, lead vocalist, and songwriter Robert Smith being the only constant member. Their single Primary and the album Faith was well-received by critics and was a commercial success in the UK, peaking at number 14 on the UK album charts and staying on the chart for eight weeks. The Cure were one of the first alternative bands to have chart and commercial success in an era before alternative rock had broken into the mainstream. In 1992, NME declared The Cure had during the 1980s become a goth hit machine. 19 hits to date. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame chose The Cure for induction in its class of 2019. Although The Cure had been eligible for the Hall of Fame since 2004. They were only nominated previously one time in 2012. At the Hall of Fame ceremony on March 29, 2019, The Cure were inducted by Trent Reznor and they performed five tracks. Here is Primary.
from Notting Hill, formed in October of 1978, Killing Joke. Jazz Coleman, the lead singer, gave the explanation concerning their name. The Killing Joke is like when people watch something like Monty Python on television, and they laugh, when really, they're laughing at themselves. Just eight months after their debut album, in June, they released What's This For?, their second album. They hired sound engineer Nick Lane, who had previously recorded with Public Image Limited. They toured extensively throughout the UK during this time, and both fans of post-punk and heavy metal took interest in Killing Joke via singles such as this song, Follow the Leaders.
And now a new wave synth-pop band that formed in Sheffield in 1980. The band was a trio for most of their career. I'm talking about Heaven 17. Ian Craig Marsh and Martin Ware were the founding members of pioneering British electro-pop group The Human League. When seeking a lead singer for the band, they chose Philip Oakey. When personal and creative tensions within the group reached a breaking point in late 1980, Marsh and Ware left the band, ceding the Human League name over to Oki, taking their name from a fictional pop band mentioned in Anthony Burgess's dystopian novel, A Clockwork Orange, they became Heaven 17. Whereas the band's former colleagues in the Human League had gone on to major chart success in 1981, Heaven 17 struggled to make an impact. Their debut single, We Don't Need This Fascist Groove Thing, attracted some attention, and due to its overtly left-wing political views, it was banned by the BBC due to the concerns by radio's first legal department that it libeled Ronald Reagan, who had recently been elected president of the United States. Here's Fascist Groove Thing by Heaven 17. Shake the fascist groove thing. Colors, 
post-punk band formed in 1976 in Leeds. The original members were singer John King, guitarist Andy Gill, bass guitarist Dave Allen, and drummer Hugo Burnham. The band played a stripped-down mix of punk rock, funk, and dub, with a lyrical emphasis on social and political ills of society. Gang of Four are widely considered one of the leading bands of the late 1970s and early 1980s post-punk movement. Gang of Four influenced a number of successful rock alternative acts throughout the late 1980s and 1990s. REM frontman Michael Stipe cites Gang of Four as one of his band's chief influences. Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers has stated that the Gang of Four were the single most important influence of his band's early music. And finally, Kurt Cobain stated that Nirvana started as a Gang of Four and Scratch Acid ripoff band. In 1981, Gang of Four released What We All Want, a single that would later be added to the release of their second album, Solid Gold, in 1995 as a bonus track. Here is What We All Want.
You can hear more of this next band on Reflex Radio's Mode Block, Mondays at 8 p.m. with your host, Rob Rome. Depeche Mode was an electronic music band formed in Basildon, or in Essex, in 1980. The group consisted of Dave Gahn, Martin Gore, Andy Fletcher, and Vince Clark. Depeche Mode released its debut album, Speak and Spell, in 1981, bringing the band onto the British New Wave scene. Off of that album, there was a single released named Just Can't Get Enough. The synth-pop single became the band's first UK Top 10 hit. The video is the only one of the band's videos to feature Vince Clark. Vince Clark began to voice his discomfort at the direction of the band and where it was headed, saying that there was never enough time to do anything, not with all the interviews and photo sessions. Clark also said he was sick of touring. Depeche Mode's debut album, Speak and Spell, was released in October of 1981 and peaked at number 10 on the UK album charts. Soon afterwards, Clark joined up with blues singer Alison Moyer to form Yazoo, or Yaz, in the United States. But for now, let's go back to Depeche Mode and hear that single, Just Can't Get Enough. Can't get enough. You're like an angel and you give me your love. And I just can't seem to get it. 
And yes, we've come to that point of the show for Crandall's Crucial Cut. This week's Crucial Cut is from an English new wave and synth-pop band originally formed in 1979 in Liverpool by Mike Score. I picked this song because it's one of my favorites, released as a single from their second album, but it rarely gets the recognition it deserves. So join us next week on Behind the Orange Curtain as we further explore the second British invasion and draw ever closer to the golden year of 1983. Closing out our night, here is the Flock of Seagulls performing Nightmares. Good night, and until next week, so long.
Doug Crandall every Thursday night at 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. Me from my class and you from yours. <laughs> you guessed wrong. You only think I guessed wrong. That's what's so funny. I switched glasses when your back was turned. Ha <laughs> ha, you fool. You fell victim to one of the classic blunders. The most famous is never get involved in a land war in Asia, but only slightly less well-known is this. Never go in against a Sicilian when death is on the line. Ha 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 